Mel Kettle, and you're listening to This Connected Life, the show where connected leaders share their experience, values, and strategies that have helped them become more connectable so they achieve success in life and business. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to This Connected Life. I'm your host, Mel Kettle, and this is episode 25. As I record this, it's only nine days until Christmas. I'm in my customary wardrobe for my solo episodes, um, and today it's about 40 degrees in Brisbane, and the wardrobe has no air conditioning, so I'm dying of heat. Um, 40 degrees is about 106, 107 in Fahrenheit for those listeners who listen and observe temperatures in non-Celsius. Does anybody else think Christmas snuck up really quickly this year? Um, I know I certainly do, and you know maybe that was because I've just had a two-week break, um, mini holiday before Christmas. Highly recommend it, except that 10 days before Christmas is now really hard to work. What I'm talking about today is coping with overwhelm at Christmas, as well as overwhelm generally throughout the year. But I know how Christmas and the holiday season can be a really difficult time for a lot of people. And even for those people who love Christmas, I am not one of them, um, there can be pockets of stress and overwhelm. So um, I'm sure it won't be a surprise to many of you to learn that at the US, in the US at this time of the year, um, between Christmas and Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, it's one of the highest rates of suicides of any time of year. So it's a really lonely time for a lot of people, whether you're single, if you're in an unhappy relationship, if you're grieving, if you're estranged for family members, or if you just really struggle with holiday seasons in general. Um, So one thing I've learnt over the years of my life and from some horribly fraught Christmases with lots of family drama um, is that it's really, really important to look after yourself. And while it's not always possible to avoid stressful times, either at Christmas or at other times of the year, it is always possible to build in some tactics to make it a little bit easier for yourself. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. Um, I often equate overwhelm to being dumped by a wave at the beach and part of my holiday was just spent at the beach um, on the beautiful New South Wales central coast which is where I grew up. I spent loads of time at the beach as a child and while I still love the beach I'm a lot more hesitant in the surf and one of the reasons is because I've been dumped one too many times by big waves and when I was down there recently I spent most of my time in the kiddie pool area um, because there weren't waves there and the surf was bigger than I'm comfortable with these days. And, you know, I've lost count of how many times I've been picked up by an unexpectedly big wave where I've underestimated the size of it, partly because I'm fairly blind without my glasses. Um, I've been picked up, swelled around and like being in a washing machine and then dumped somewhere near the shore. Swimmers full of sand, gritty, nasty, um, usually swallowing a few more mouthfuls of salt water than is necessary. Um, And it can be really frightening being picked up and dumped by a wave. And for a lot of people, that's what overwhelm is like. So, you know, life is chugging along and then all of a sudden you can get that overwhelming sensation of not being able to cope. And, you know, even though I've said all of a sudden, for a lot of people it shouldn't be a surprise because we live in a time where being busy is expected. And busy, busy, busy can just lead to stress and anxiety and 
and overwhelm, which I think is wrong, but that's not something we're going to solve today. One of the things that I've really learned from having times in my life when I've been in a constant state of overwhelm is that you just need to look after yourself because if you don't, you can end up with a really serious illness. Stress has a massive impact on our blood pressure and elevated blood pressure is one of the biggest factors in heart attack and stroke. So um, I've got five main tactics for dealing with overwhelm and if this is you at Christmas or at other times of the year, I really hope that some of these can help you. So the first one is get help. If you're feeling overwhelmed, ask yourself, what are my priorities? What are my real priorities? <laughs> what do I need to do or do I need to do everything I do and are there things I could delegate or are there things I could just stop doing? Um, what can I pay to get outsourced? Who can I pay to outsource some of the work to? And what can I say no to? So in terms of Christmas, if you're worried about a really big family Christmas or if things just seem to have gotten a bit out of hand, how much do you really need to be involved? Can you back away and have a quiet Christmas at home with people you love and trust? Or if you're expected to turn up to a big overwhelming event, can you go and just stay for a short time? If you're hosting Christmas, what can you delegate to other people or do less of or, you know, buy rather than make? I know I used to do a huge amount of Christmas baking and this year all I've done has been the traditional sausage rolls that we have in our family for breakfast and some shortbread and they're already made and they're in the freezer. So I might do a bit more, but if I don't, well, I've done enough as far as I'm concerned. Um, at other times of the year... Ways that you can get help include what can you prior what can you reprioritize um, if you've got staff or if you've got colleagues what can you delegate to other people if you're on committees for lots of different things what can you just say no to what can you just say I'm really sorry but my priorities have shifted and I can't give the time I'd like to give to this and so I'm out I know when I've done that the sense of relief has been enormous. If you're overwhelmed at work, then maybe you need to sit down with your boss and find out what his or her priorities are and ask for help and then work accordingly. Um, the other thing that I really know to be true, particularly for me, is that women are really great in particular at taking on too much. So have a look at your day, your week, your month and see if there's a way that you can free up 20% of your time. Use some of that time to get more sleep, which is something a lot of us need. Um, you know, do more exercise, do something just for you. Have fun with your kids, your partner, your friends. And it can be hard, especially if you're working and you've got a family and you've got friends and you've got hobbies and you've got interests. But, you know, have a really good, honest look at where you're spending your time and see what you can remove, even if it's a temporary remove. The second thing is have a digital detox. A digital detox is switching off all technology. So mobile phones, smartphones, tablets, laptops, computers, TVs, whatever else you might have that's connected to the internet. And, you know, Christmas is a great time to do that, particularly if you're not working. So maybe, you know, on a normal period of time, set aside some time every day and every week when you're not looking at a screen or using technology. For some people, it might be the first hour of the day. It might be an hour at lunch or it might be some time before you go to bed. It might be a whole day on a weekend or a half a day on a weekend. 
um, on a holiday, you know, go on a holiday where there's no Wi-Fi or keep your phone in flight mode for as much of that time as you can so you can really disconnect and take a break. Think about what apps can you delete. If you're on holidays from work can you and you've got email for work on your phone, can you delete that app over the holiday period? Or can you delete your work email when you leave the office in the evenings and turn it back on when you and you know reinstall it in the morning or delete it on a Friday afternoon and reinstall it on a Monday morning on your way into work so that you can at least get some break. I talked in my last episode about the importance of rest and digital detox is a great way to have a bit of a rest for your brain. There was an article in Fast Company, and I'll pop the link in the show notes, that talked about when neuroscientists observed 35 people who were completely cut off from their devices in the Moroccan desert. That sounds so great, doesn't it? Um, They observed every aspect of the behavior of these people in the context of being plugged in and unplugged. And some of the things that they found were that people's postures changed. They started making eye contact more with each other. And this better eye contact encouraged people to connect more deeply with each other and they it encouraged better conversations deeper conversations they seemed more empathetic towards each other and more relaxed and there was also a whole lot more laughter their memory improved and they had better sleep at night so there's a lot to be said for having a digital detox even if it is just for two or three days and then the third thing um, in order to help avoid some overwhelm is just walk away You know, quite often we associate feelings of overwhelm with certain places or with certain people or with certain times of the year, such as, you know, in the office (laughs) for some people or, you know, certain relatives um, or on holidays such as Christmas. And a temporary, a great temporary fix is just to walk away. And it doesn't need to be a permanent walk. But if you're not coping at the family Christmas dinner, then leave the table and say that you've got to go to the toilet and just go hide out in the bathroom, even just for five minutes. I know one family Christmas, I walked away from the table so often. My mother said to me later, do you have a UTI? Like, why are you going to the toilet so often? And I couldn't say to her, I'm not coping with this family Christmas because she was one of the people causing me a bit of angst. Sorry, mum. <laughs> but it was just such a stressful time and walking away made me feel heaps better about everything. And changing your physical location can just really help change your perspective and give you some more clarity. The fourth tip is relinquish control. And I know this is really, really difficult, but sometimes you need to think about you know, back to point number one, where can you get help? If you're the host on Christmas Day, what can people bring? What other food can they bring? I've seen some great Christmas spreadsheets where everybody brings something. Um, So, you know, how can you relieve that load? During the week or during the normal part of the year, what can you delegate to other people? You know, can your kids make their lunches? Can somebody else cook dinner for you? Do you have a team or do you have an assistant who can work to share some of that load? Can you outsource the ironing? If you're at work, how can you get help? One of the the problems, particularly for women, is that we just have so much of that mental load that we are responsible for. So how can you help shift some of that mental load to other people? One of the things, like I love to cook, but I really get sick of making decisions around what we're going to have for dinner. So if that's you, how can you delegate some of those thinking tasks to other people in your household and in your office? 
Um, what are some boundaries that you can set? This is tip number five. How can you make a few rules around how you want to live your own life? You know, it might be when do you answer the phone versus when do you have calls going to voicemail? When do you stop taking calls about work? I know a lot of people who get calls from their boss on a Sunday, you know, or if you work for yourself, set some guidelines with your clients around when you do and don't accept phone calls or emails. Manage how you manage your emails. You know, there's nothing wrong with having an out of office that says to people, I check my emails three times a day at 10 o'clock, at one o'clock and at four o'clock. And if it's urgent, in the meantime, send me a text message. What about thinking about how do you do something every day that's just for you? I'm a massive believer in doing something every day for you. And some people say, gee, that's selfish, but I actually think that that helps my mental health. And something every day for you doesn't need to be something that takes hours. It could be as simple as reading a book for half an hour or having a bath in the evening or doing some exercise in the morning or getting up earlier before everybody else is up and just having a quiet 20 minutes with a cup of tea in the sunshine. You know, there's so many things that you can do, but you really need to set boundaries around how you want to live your life. Pick one thing and just start with one and then do another one and then do another one and talk to the people who you live with and who you work with about what these might be so that they understand why you're doing these things and encourage them to set some boundaries as well so that you're all living a better life. Um, And then finally, set some rituals. You know, start with a morning ritual and a bedtime ritual. Every morning, Steve Jobs used to say to himself, if today was the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And he'd look in the mirror as he said that. And if he said no on too many consecutive days, then he made some changes. And this was a morning ritual that he had that really helped set his mindset for the day ahead. So your morning ritual might include having breakfast or having a hearty breakfast. It might include exercise, meditation, writing a journal, time with your kids Um, and then your nighttime ritual might include something like making the school lunches for the next day putting all your clothes out and getting everything ready for the next day reflecting on what you've done that day that you loved and that helped you achieve your goals it might be having a bath it might be reading a book it might be watching a favorite show on tv it might be having a conversation with your partner Um, And, you know, you might also have a work ritual for the first 30 minutes of work and the last 30 minutes of work. And, you know, it might be planning a day, dealing with all your email, returning any phone calls, reflecting on your achievements. There's loads of different things that you could incorporate into rituals. And again, just start with adding one or two things in and see how you go. But one of the things I love about rituals is it helps take away some of that decision making, which can really help with reducing the overwhelm. Um, Steve Jobs used to wear the same clothes every day. Not the exact same clothes, but he had a wardrobe full of black jeans and black polo shirts. And that was what he wore every day. And Barack Obama, when he was president, he either wore a brown suit or a black suit. Or might have been a blue suit. Anyway, he had two different color suits, the same shirts, and he wore them every day. And that took away that choice. A lot of people have the same thing for breakfast every day because it's one less decision they have to make in the morning. I know my nighttime routine is 
you know, winding down, putting my phone down, trying to put my phone down, having a shower, putting my pyjamas on and reading a book for half an hour before I turn the light off by 10.30 at the latest. And I know if I don't get to that, I just feel I don't sleep as well. And I just, you know, that reading of a book helps me really wind down mentally. And sometimes I'll have a herbal tea, which just helps me sleep better. So just have a think about What are some of these ways that you can help deal with your overwhelm? The first one was, how can you get help? And help can also, you know, be calling somebody, seeing a psychologist if you need to, getting an appointment for a psychiatrist um, or a psychologist from your doctor. And maybe if that's not an option for you for whatever reason, then call somebody like Lifeline or Beyond Blue because they, those people are there to help you. And the second thing is, how can you have a digital detox? Just turn off your technology for, you know, an hour or a few hours or a few days over the holiday period. Third, step away, walk away, you know, from things that are causing you grief. Even if it's just a five minute step away from the the situation to help you get a bit of clarity. And then the fourth one is delegate whatever you can to other people Um, fifth is set some boundaries for yourself and sixth is set some rituals and I find rituals and boundaries work really well hand in hand with each other because if you can set a few boundaries and for me one of mine is I go to bed at 10 o'clock and the lights are out by 10 30 and that happens at least five nights if not six nights if not seven nights a week and since I've been doing that I'm feeling a whole lot better about myself so What do you do? How do you cope when you're overwhelmed? And what steps of these, and just pick one, um, do you think you could put in place to help you cope when you're feeling overwhelmed? I'd really love to know. And I'd love to know if you've got any good tactics for surviving Christmas. My Christmas this year is really quiet, just with my husband and I, because I'm peopled out. I've spent a lot of time with people recently, and I don't need to do the big family Christmas this year, and so we're not. We're not. And I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, as always, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. Use the hashtag ThisConnectedLife. Tag me at Mel Kettle. This is my last episode for a few weeks as I'm taking a break over Christmas. So I'll be back probably late January for season two of This Connected Life. And I've got some great guests to introduce you to. I'm recording three podcast episodes with awesome guests this week and another one another couple in early January. I'm always happy to hear from you, so please get in touch. And if you have a guest you'd like to nominate or you'd like to nominate yourself, um, just go to my website, melkettle.com, and there's an application form there where you can apply to become a guest. Have a fabulous Christmas, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you again in 2020. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really liked what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes or a recommendation on LinkedIn or both. The show notes are all on the website melkettle.com forward slash podcast. And I'd love you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. You'll find me at Mel Kettle. See you next time and stay connected. Bye.